This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Hello and welcome to episode 146 of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach Podcast. Honestly, it blows me away to even hear that number coming out of my mouth. 146 shows. Uh, There's a bonus show in there, so 147. And I'm reflecting back on a, a lot that's happened not only with this podcast, but with my life because July 11th, this Sunday, is my 10-year anniversary from the day I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was diagnosed July 11th, 2011. And it's not only shocking to me to think 10 years have passed already, but when I look back at that 10 years and I see how much I've learned and how much my life has changed in that time, And a lot of it because of breast cancer, because of that experience of breast cancer and what it's meant to me and the work I've had to do, or not had to do, but chosen to do on myself as a result of going through that experience. And then again, being diagnosed in 2020 and now living with the focus of healing from this disease. And so I thought that I would make a couple special announcements actually for this show and then This show is actually going to be about the top 10 things that I have learned in the last 10 years because of going through breast cancer. And they're not going to be said in any specific order because as I looked at them, I kind of thought about that at first. I thought, let's do a top 10 countdown. And as I wrote out the list of way more than 10 things and then had to parse it down to 10 things, but as as I wrote out this list... I realized, you know, there is no order because we're all in a different place. And you may be listening to this show in treatment. You may be listening to the show eight years out of treatment, six months out of treatment, one day out of treatment. We're all in a different place. And because we're in a different place, there's different things that we need for our healing. And so I want to talk about these 10 things that I've learned that have been very powerful for me. But I want you to know that you know, what it always comes back to is what's meaningful to you. And I'm going to share these because in the hopes that it will resonate with you, that there's something you need to hear in the experience that I've been through, and that can help you with whatever it is that you're working through at this time in your life and whatever area it is that will help you to heal the most. So before I get into these top 10 lessons that I've learned from living through and living with breast cancer, I want to share something very exciting. I think it's very exciting because I want to share in the celebration of life with you. And I know, I'm not even going to say I think, I know that the community, the coaching, and the information that's available for you inside the Revived membership will help and support you. And so I want to share in my anniversary by opening enrollment in the Revived Membership beginning Sunday, July 11th. 
And um, actually, for the whole day, 24 hours of July 11th, you can join the revived membership experience and get your first month for only $10. And it's $10 because it's my 10th anniversary. So it's my anniversary gift to you because I know that it will be a gift to yourself. And you can enroll in the revived membership simply by going to thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash revived. And I promise you, it will change your life. It will change the way you think. It will change the way you treat yourself. It will relieve you of the suffering if you do the work that's in the membership. And I know this, and I'm going to share some of those insights with you now in this podcast and the things I've learned and from what I've learned and what I've been coached on and the areas I've developed. That's where everything that's in my memberships and my coaching comes from. So that's something very exciting. Get ready. Get on my email list. You can go get on that on my website, or you can just simply go to my website on July 11th at 12.01 a.m. Pacific time. And for that 24 hours, you can get your first month of Revive for only $10. I've never done that before, so I'm kind of excited. I hope that you're excited about it too. And I hope you take advantage of it because I'm telling you, you will be glad that you did. And the second thing I want to announce is because I am opening the Revived membership and through the end of this month, you'll be able to join Revived, but only for the $10 for the first month on the 11th. But I wanted to also throw in a workshop. And so at the end of this month, beginning July 30th, we'll do it for three days. I am going to do an encore presentation of the Better Than Before Breast Cancer Workshop. That was such an amazing workshop and It made such a huge difference in so many lives. I can't tell you all the positive feedback I got from that workshop. And so I'm going to do it again. And if you went through it before, I highly encourage you to come back and do it again live. You'll be able to go to the workshop completely free, or there is an option where you can get some special bonuses and join the Revived membership also as a part of doing this workshop. So choose what works for you. But I highly recommend that you come. Because there's just so much to be learned from being coached, from watching others be coached, from hearing the similar experiences that we as survivors go through. It truly is life-changing. I hear this all the time. I feel it. I know it for myself. So I invite you to come and you can enroll in the Better Than Before Breast Cancer Workshop by going to thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash B. T-B, better than before. All right. So now I'm going to jump into this show. And I want to talk to you about 10 very powerful lessons that I have learned in this 10 years of surviving my original diagnosis of cancer. And it's interesting because people may think, well, I mean, you're a survivor, but you have cancer now. And, and that's true. I do have cancer and I am working on healing from cancer, but I'm here, damn it. And I'm taking credit for being here. I'm here 10 years after a diagnosis. I'm healing. I'm working on just supporting my body's ability to heal every day. And a lot of these lessons are what put me in that place that when I received that diagnosis of stage four advanced metastatic disease, 
I didn't fall apart, you know, and it was because of the things that I've learned and all the coaching I've had and and done and the women that I've been able to work with and the amount that I've learned from that experience that really helped me to get to that place that when that, when that diagnosis occurred, it didn't destroy me, you know, and it caused me to dig in even deeper and look at my life and the beauty of my life and all the lessons that I've learned to make sure that if this is my last year or I have 10 years or I have 20 years or I have two weeks, that they're going to be the best damn time ever. All right. So that being said, I think I'm going to jump into this number one thing. Well, it's not number one. As I said, there's no order. But from that experience, I think one of the most powerful lessons that I've learned is that we have the power to choose our thoughts. And that I cannot overstate the importance and the magnitude of truly grasping the idea that you get to choose your thoughts, that everything that happens in life is just a circumstance, and that includes breast cancer, and you get to choose how you're going to think about it. And when you make that choice of how you're going to think about it, that is going to determine how you feel about it. And that's going to result in the results you live with in your life. And one of the biggest things that I've learned about it and worked through when it comes to choosing your thoughts is choosing to move away from fear, right? That emotion of fear. And what are the thoughts that bring up fear in your body? Because you know, as well as I do, that fear is huge after breast cancer. It's huge once you hear that diagnosis, and it's huge for what can be a very long time afterwards. And so I just want to offer one thing for you to consider as a replacement thought for when fear comes up. Because I have always found that this has helped me, and this has helped a lot of women that I work with. So when that fear of recurrence comes up, and I think that the closer you are to a diagnosis and or to ending active treatment, you know, and I say active treatment, meaning you may stay on Herceptin for a year, you may stay on, you know, aromatase inhibitors or tamoxifen or Havzameda, all that for five, 10 years afterwards. But I'm talking about the original, the surgery and the chemotherapy and the radiation and that very active treatment. And I think that time definitely helps to... I don't know, smooth out the edges so that that fear isn't so raw. Time definitely helps. But also, when you can take a thought and you can choose to think differently, you can choose to think in a way that helps you feel more in control of the situation, meaning that you have some power, then I also believe and have found for myself that that does help with the fear. And some of the thoughts that I would offer would be the thought of what can I do to support my healing? And then being really honest with yourself and looking at your life, which we're moving into that as another lesson, being really honest with yourself is a number two lesson. It's be really honest with what are you doing, right? You get to choose your thought. You get to decide how you want to feel in this life. But you also have to be very honest with yourself when you're looking at that and you're asking, what am I doing to support my health? What am I doing to support my healing? 
You know, am I moving my body for at least 30 minutes a day? Am I making good food choices? Am I reducing stress? Am I reducing toxic relationships? There's all this list of things that we can do in our lives that help us feel more empowered and more in control. And that and time helps to dull that intensity of the fear of recurrence because it gives you something for your brain to focus on rather than fear, right? If you're looking at toxic relationships, well, then you get to do a lot of work there and there's a lot in there that can help you with that work on yourself and help you stay busy, you know? And once we stay busy, and I mean mentally and emotionally in our mind, working on something that's constructive and productive, that definitely does help to move away from the fear. So knowing that choosing your thoughts is a real thing and you can do it, and sometimes it's challenging. It sounds very simple, and I know I've said this a hundred times, simple does not mean easy. This is definitely one of those things. Choosing your thoughts is an ongoing training. It's an ongoing process. It's just like training the physical body to be strong, to be fit, to be cardiovascularly fit, to be, you know, to do resistance training. You don't just do that for a week or two weeks and then stop and get to maintain the benefits. In the same with your mind, your emotions, your mental well-being. It has to get constant attention. We have to constantly come back to the mind and say, what's happening here, mind? What are you thinking? What do I want to think instead? How are these thoughts impacting my life? And then how can I make a consistent effort to change them? And then more and more you'll find that the thoughts are the ones that are benefiting and supporting you rather than the ones that are scaring the shit out of you. And I love, I think I've shared this before, a quote that I heard a long time ago from Oprah Winfrey that says, you're either moving towards fear or you're moving towards love with every choice you make. And I think that is so freaking powerful. I sit with that thought and know that you get to choose. And the choice you make of how you're going to think is going to determine whether you're going to feel more fear or you're going to feel more love. All right. So choosing your thoughts. And another powerful thing is really don't get caught up in the problem. This is a really interesting lesson that I learned because when I was first recovering, and I think I've shared this in the past, but hey, this is a 10 year anniversary one. So I may repeat some things you've heard in previous podcasts. You know, I was so focused on getting back to who I was, being as fit as I was, being as lean as what I was, looking the same, getting my hair back, all the things to go back to the way I used to be, that I was just obsessing on the problem itself. And I know that this is a really common thing. We get so caught up in, I'm in pain, my joints hurt, I'm tired, I'm in menopause, I'm hot flashing, I'm gaining weight, that we get kind of stuck in the weeds. And what is actually happening there is we're just stuck in the problem itself. I read a, a Facebook post some time ago, several weeks ago, from a woman who had posted something about how negative she is all the time because of all the things she suffers from due to her breast cancer treatment and how even her family has made up names for her because of how negative she is. And I thought, you know, that's, it breaks my heart, first of all, but that's the perfect example of being stuck in the problem, right? 
we have to move ourselves back. And again, I think it goes back to this first lesson of getting to choose your thoughts is we get to look at, am I moving towards love? Am I moving towards fear? Am I in fear and stuck in the pain and the muck and the ugliness? Or am I looking for a solution? Can I recognize these things are true and these things are factual, but what can I do to solve for them? And so sometimes that can, you can get stuck there. You can think you're working on solving when you're really stuck in the problem. And I think that the way for me, that's the most, that's the easiest way to tell the difference is how you feel intuitively. You know, if you are miserable and if you use that word, I feel stuck, then you're on, you're in the problem and not on the solution. If you're looking for the solution, I think you feel more of a sense of hope and empowerment and I don't know, just kind of getting some strength back, you know? So number two lesson, don't get caught in the problem. All the ugliness that can take over the goodness and step back and look for where your power is to choose your thoughts, move towards love for yourself and take some control of what you're doing to serve and support your healing and your health. All right. I think a big one, so I'm going to throw this in there now. Because what you need to support everything I just talked about and everything I'm going to talk about is self-compassion. So treating yourself with gentleness. I, I cannot explain how important this is. Treating yourself with gentleness, giving yourself a break, being with yourself now as you are now, you know, I posted, you may or may not follow me on Facebook, but on Facebook and Instagram, I put a post up today because I was out walking on the beach and I was picking up shells as I do most days. And I just noticed, you know, some of my shells are broken and have holes and, and they inspire curiosity in me. And I think, what happened to this shell? You know, what was this shell's life like? Where, how did it start? How did it form? What creature lived in this shell? How did it get to become here with nothing living inside of it now? What changed? And I realized that that shell was really a metaphor, very much a metaphor for what I've been through and for what we go through in breast cancer. We may start off with what we call perfect, young and beautiful and perfect skin and perfect body and perfect hair and all of those things. But that's not life. That has nothing to do with life, you know? Being physically, I mean, it has something to do. Obviously, our appearance has something to do with life. But when we're, we're looking at our experience of life, it's like being perfect isn't the answer. Understanding our imperfections and just being connected enough to ourself to be able to see those imperfections as a part of life and an opportunity to learn from life. You know, treating yourself with kindness and compassion. And I guess this goes hand in hand with it, but I would say another lesson, which would be number four, is non-judgment. And I think non-judgment is a huge component of self-compassion. We've got to stop judging ourselves, you know? And even when, and here's some big things, right? We get a pot belly from menopause. You get stringy hair from aromatase inhibitors. Your skin changes from menopause. All kinds of stuff happens, right? And we judge that, but you can't undo it, right? We made choices and we are here where we're at, alive, thank God. And we can't 
judge ourselves. We can recognize those changes. We can even say, I really don't like this change. I really wish this hadn't changed. I mean, I say that, you know, I think of the price I would pay for a flat belly again. Hmm, that'd be a pretty steep price I would pay. But I don't have a perfectly flat belly anymore. And although I do everything I can to support my body and staying fit and staying at a healthy weight, I don't judge it anymore and beat myself up for not looking the way I did when I was 25 or even 35, you know. So non-judgment, telling yourself, oh, I need a nap. I'm freaking tired. I am fatigued. And then giving yourself permission saying, yes, yes, this is what I need to support my healing right now. And I'm taking a nap and I'm not going to judge myself and say, you're so lazy. You're so non-productive. Um, other people are doing stuff and look at you just laying there. You know, you got to drop the judgment. It's so important and treat ourselves with gentleness. We have to look at what our body is telling us we need, what our soul is telling us we need. And we have to just look at that and say, this is just is. It isn't good or bad. It's just what you need right now. And so moving on to number five, which ties right into that would be stop fighting, you know, it took me a long time to stop fighting because I'm a fighter. I like the fight, you know? I like Muay Thai. I like boxing. I like the being number one. I like advancing to the next level. That was, you know, most of my life. And I don't know. I, and honestly, I do know. I say I don't know. I do know. I was reading the book Radical Remission, and that is what began to change my perspective of fighting to heal and fighting breast cancer to one of, well, I mean, it was like a mind-blowing moment for me. It was like, whoa, whoa, I'm fighting my own body. What the heck? Cancer is a part of me. A really good friend of mine, Erin Somerville, is a mind-body oncology coach. And she is, I think it's episode three, one of my very, very earliest episodes of the podcast. When she heard that I had a new diagnosis, she called me and she said, I heard about your cellular imbalance. And I thought... Hmm. I like that. I like that idea. It's a cellular imbalance because that brings it back to me. And that helps me understand that that cancer is a part of my body. Something's gone wrong in my cells and I don't know why. And there could be a hundred reasons why, but that's my work that I do every day is I tune in and I try to decide what do I need to do to heal? What do I need to uncover here? And that fighting I realized does not create the energy of healing. And it was a super important lesson for me and it relieved a tremendous amount of stress. You know, I know that a lot of times as we're recovering and we're in the pink mode and all the people around us are saying good for you and keep fighting and you're a warrior and inside we want to suck our thumb and cry and have a shot of vodka. But when you drop that shield and you realize I don't have to fight, that's a huge relief. It really is because now you get to go back to self-compassion and non-judgment and choosing your thoughts and you get to love you and you get to check in with your body and reconnect to your body, to your heart, and you get to ask yourself, what do I need to do to support my healing? And you know, I talk about supporting my healing because I'm working on healing from cancer, but wherever you are in this journey, you're healing. If you're in treatment, 
That's a lot of things happening to your body and your cells are getting just smashed to smithereens with all the shit that's being pumped into you. You need time. You need rest. You need to honor your body's need to heal. If you're newly out of treatment, same thing. If you're five years out of treatment and you're still struggling, you need to heal. And you need to give yourself the time to do that. You need to give yourself quiet and time. And that's number six, baby girl. Give yourself quiet. Think about it. Time. You know how many women I talk to who never take time for themselves in silence? They never take time to listen to that voice inside of them that gives them direction. They never take time to allow the emotions and the feelings and the trauma and all of the suppressed emotions and all of the bullshit conditioned thoughts to come up and be seen and be dealt with so they can let go of them. So you can let go and be who you actually are. That's a lot of freaking work. It's a lot of work, but it's so important to take time for yourself. And you must make it. You must make time for yourself. You cannot allow yourself to say, I don't have the time. I'm too busy. You are worth the time. If it's five minutes a day, if it's 10 minutes a day, if it's one day a month, you must make the time to have silence and connect to yourself, to listen to your intuition, which is the voice that's going to help guide you through what you need to do to heal and through what you need to do to live the life that in your heart is telling you you want to live. You have to take that time. And I touched on be honest with yourself for a moment at the beginning of this, but I want to say that in that moment when you're taking that time, it's so important to be honest with yourself, to let yourself feel. You know, you've got to let yourself feel. And sometimes it's uncomfortable, and so that's okay. You have to stay in the discomfort. It's from that discomfort and from facing those things that make us uncomfortable that we get to change into the person we want to be and live the lives we want to have. I promise you this. I know this. Oh my God, I'm getting emotional just thinking about how powerful that is, how powerful that's been in my life, and how powerful that's been in the life of so many women I've worked with. You've got to feel all the feels and be honest with yourself. Let it be there. This conditioned crap of don't cry and don't be upset and put on your big girl panties. It's a bunch of crap. And that's a lesson that coming from me, someone who would have always, you know, hard ass and never cry. What? There's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in business. There's no crying in life. You know, coming from someone like me, it's a whole different world. And it brings a softness and an ease because it just allows you to naturally be you. You know, there's nothing wrong with emotions. There's nothing wrong with them. They're there for a reason. They're teaching you something. And it's important to feel all of them. Powerful lesson. Give yourself permission to do that. That's another step of self-compassion. Letting yourself be who you are. That's self-love right there. So... Another one is going to be, I think I kind of lost track because I feel like I'm rambling here, but I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to stay at 10. <laughs> but one of the really powerful lessons I've learned is stay in your own model. And what that means 
as the model is a tool that I was taught by my own life coach, Brooke Castillo. It is a tool I use for my own self-coaching. It is a tool that I use for all of the women that I work with and coach. And the model is saying there are five different lines in a model. There are circumstances, there are thoughts, there are feelings, there are actions, and there are results. And when I say stay in your own model, that comes to that thought line to what you're thinking. And here's why I say it's so important to stay in your own model because the lack of self-compassion, the judgment, the fighting, the telling yourself you have to be a warrior, for most of us, that's not your model. That's not your thought. Your thought is the one that I expressed a minute ago. I'm scared. I'm sad. I want to suck my thumb. I want a shot of vodka. I don't know what to do. I feel lost. That's your thought. And what happens is when we have a circumstance like breast cancer, breast cancer treatment, that's a circumstance. And we allow our thought to be everyone else. We let everyone else's thoughts in our model. Well, you know what? I bet they think I should be strong. They think I should do this. I know they expect this of me. You got to get those other people and their thoughts out of your model. You've got to come back and just say, what does this mean to me? Stop. That's it. What does this mean to me? Because this is your life. And you've got to give yourself permission, time, space, love, gentleness to say, what does this mean to me in my life? What am I making this mean? How is that making me feel? And everybody else has a right to think whatever they think and have whatever opinions they have, but they don't get to come into your model, not into your mind, not into your model, not into your thoughts. And that's such a critical and important part of that training, of training yourself to work on your emotional well-being, to work on the way you're thinking, training yourself to choose your thoughts and being able to identify when what you're telling yourself is your thought really isn't. It's somebody else's. It may be a hallmark thought. It may be whoever's thought. You know, it may be the next big race billboard that you see out on the street. That's their thought. And it makes you feel crappy. That's how you know it isn't yours. You think that thought and you go, oh, I feel crappy. I feel ashamed. I feel like I don't meet that standard. I feel like I can't do it. It's not your thought. So come back and stay in your own model and ask yourself, what does this experience mean to me? What do I need to do right now for myself? That is so important. I can't even tell you. So critically important. All right. Very powerful. And this is something, I don't know. Well, I'm just going to say it. Food is your friend. For me, food was always a very big part of my life. Food growing up in my household, my dad loved to cook. He was a great cook. My grandma was a great cook. She was a fantastic baker. My great grandma was an amazing baker. I have vivid memories of living in what we call the old house, which is my family only lived in two homes the entire time I was growing up, and my mom still lives in the second one. But in the first home, we moved there when I was in, from there when I was in fourth grade. And I have very vivid memories of my great-grandmother babysitting us in that home 
coming to that house, watching the evening news. She loved to see the tie Walter Cronkite would wear. And I can picture her in the kitchen making her stew with dumplings, hand rolling out the dough for her strudel across our kitchen table. You know, she just was an amazing chef. And that, that love and connection from food permeated my life, my entire life. And I felt the same. Food is love to me you know, and I think to a lot of people. So once I understood food from an athletic perspective as when I was in high school, and believe me, I didn't have very expansive knowledge of food as fuel at that time. But when I started to delve into that, and then as a young adult, and realize, you know, how food was connected to us, how it supported our body and our healing and our health, and how what I prepared for other people felt like a gift from me, you know, and then Somehow in this society, food has just been bastardized and we are so confused by food, especially after breast cancer. Do I eat sugar? Do I eat carbs? Do I become a vegan? Do I eat keto? Do, you know, what do I eat? Do I only eat broccoli and kale? It's crazy. And so I think an important lesson is come back to you and know that food is your friend. And food is there to connect you. It's this beautiful, to me, it's a link between the earth and the power of the earth and the body and the power of your body and the ability of your body to heal, which our bodies are designed to heal. You know that. You get a cut, you don't worry about it. The cut's going to heal. I mean, unless you have some disease that's going to prevent that. But for most often, for most of us, you break a nail, it's going to grow back. You break a bone, it's going to mend. You get a cold, you're going to get better, right? Our body is a miraculous healing machine. And food is our friend when it comes to that. But some foods may be your friend and not my friend, right? Dairy may be awesome for you, but not okay for Susie Q, right? You have to come back to yourself and you have to look at your connection to this beautiful substance that serves you and serves your healing and connects you to the energy of this earth that we live on. This is what sustains us. And so I say, stop, you know, research, but don't judge yourself. Test, try foods, see what works for you. Move more to as clean of a diet, as wholesome of a diet as you can as you can get to. I watched recently this show. It was on uh, Disney Plus, and it was with Gordon Ramsay, and it was amazing. It, it just touched my heart to watch the show. It's called Uncharted, and he goes to these incredible places that have still have very. I guess, rooted in tradition and indigenous cultures. And he learns about their food and historically how they gather their food and how they prepare their food and what's culturally how they sit around and take in their food or just, you know, get it even ready for for cooking, the food prep. And it's so amazing to just see how connected these people are to the land and to their food, this thing that serves them in their body. And so I encourage you, if you feel fear around food, confusion around food, come back to that quiet time. Come back to that voice that's in you and realize food is your friend. Food sustains you and connects you. And you have to ask yourself, which, which are my best friends when it comes to food? 
Which of these foods really help me? And I highly encourage you to work with someone, work with a nutritionist, work with a dietitian, work with a naturopath and someone who can maybe even run. There's a lot of organizations out there that run genetic testing even and can give you information on what actually is great for your body and what your body needs are. I did two of those. One was the habit, which I don't think they do it anymore. And most recently I did some DNA testing through a company called Genopalette. I'll try to make a note of that and I'll put the the link to it in the show notes for this episode. But it was fascinating to me. Remember that it's all data. It's all input and it's just information to help you get to know yourself better. So it's again, coming back to you. All right. I think this is number 10. It may be 11, but I think it's 10 and I should have written a better outline before I started, but I'm going to go with number 10. Playing small doesn't benefit anybody. It just doesn't. And so many times after breast cancer, when I work with my people, I tell them, you know, this veil has been lifted and it's just this veil. I know you've heard me say it on the show before. This veil has been lifted and suddenly you see life in a different way. And yet we have so many conditioned thoughts and so many conditioned behaviors and they still tell you, don't say that, don't do that, don't rock the boat, just stay quiet, just be grateful. God, that phrase just pisses me off because you can be grateful for your life and for everything in your life. I wake up every day with gratitude just because I woke up and there's so much gratitude, but there's still desire. There's desire to build things and to see things and to do things and being grateful and loving life and wanting more, they can all go together. So when we use these conditioned thoughts and we buy into them and we let other people in our models and we let other people in our thoughts, we stay small and insignificant. And I, I want to encourage you to consider that and to realize that staying small not following your heart, not living your passion, it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve anyone around you. You know, everything we do influences those people that are in our circle, right? Our tribe, our family, our friends, our children. And when you follow your heart, trust me, you inspire people, whether it's your neighbor or a girlfriend or a child, and they look and they realize that there's also beauty and greatness and untapped potential in them that they can also stop playing small and they can allow what's in them to blossom and bloom. And when we all do that, the world becomes a better place. So considering that thought, that's a big lesson. It doesn't benefit anyone to play small. And a lot of times that can mean that you have to have tough conversations and you have to take risks. And I think about, you know, deciding to start this business for me, that was, you know, I've, I've got to do this. Something in my heart says I have to do this. I've got to reach out to these other women. I've got to let them know they're not alone. This is just what I need to do. And I keep moving forward with it. And I've had to overcome many, many doubts, right? Many, much self-doubt. I've had to work with like, who do you think you are to do a podcast? I've had to, you know, just overcome lots of small things, I guess, you know, conditioned thoughts that tell you, you can't do this, right? You're not enough for this. And I tell you, you are enough for it. I just want you to know you are enough. I am enough. And we together are even more. 
So realizing, and this is something so important, when you tap into that and you really begin to get to know that authentic part of you and allow her to just shed all the conditioned crap that's been dumped on us in society for whatever reasons, probably for some of the best intentions, mostly just to keep everybody quiet, that you can let go of that and live the life you choose. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I'm still learning and I'm still working through it. And, you know, I think a bonus thing, I'm going to say a bonus lesson, and because I've known this way before I had breast cancer, but I want to emphasize it because it is so critically important. And that is move your body every day. Move your body every day. This helps on every conceivable level of living a healthy, happy life and healing. Moving your body is critical. They're made to move. We have better outcomes. I think about what happened to me and I think about the diagnosis I had in 2020 and I look at it and I think, what if I hadn't been as active and healthy as I was? When I got that diagnosis of cancer throughout my body, would it have been too late if I hadn't been committed and dedicated to strength training and an active lifestyle and good healthy eating You know, and something inside me says, yes, you know, it says, good, keep doing that. You know, there's no harm can definitely come from it. But when you're moving your body and you're staying active, it just, it helps with your mood. It helps everything in your body work better. It helps your elimination work better. It supports your health and study after study after study after study shows the benefits of longer lives, better quality of life for those of us who move your body on a regular basis. I think even now of my, you know, recent treatments of going through 30 rounds of radiation, of not being able to put any weight on my spine or on my hip. And here I am just eight months later, you know, exercising and active and walking. And there's some things I can't do. There's definitely changes in my body and I have to avoid any kind of impact. Or unfortunately, one of my favorite things, lifting really heavy weights is something I can no longer do, but I do what I can to keep moving my body. And that's so important. So I think that may be number 11, but it's not something I necessarily learned (laughs) as a result of breast cancer. I've always known it and I just want to throw it in there because it's so freaking critical move your body every day. And if you're so sick right now that you say, Laura, I can't get up, I can't even walk, then lay in your bed and do isometric exercises or see if you can get an approval from your physician for a physical therapist and have a physical therapist help move your body. It's so important and so helpful. And even if you need assistance to do it, it's going to benefit you. So Those are some of the most powerful lessons I've learned in 10 years, and I really look forward to the next 10 years and everything that I will learn between now and then, because I feel like there's just such, I feel at 57 years old, you know, this light inside of me that's like, wow, you're finally digging in to what this is really about. And I'm excited to see what comes of it. All right, I hope that helped you in some way, and I hope you definitely take advantage of joining the Revived Membership Experience for $10 on July 11th. 
I'll put out some emails and I'll post it on my Facebook group as a reminder. You're going to love it. And I invite you and encourage you to join me at the breast can- the Better Than Breast Cancer workshop, which we will be doing at the end of July. You are going to love it. For both of those, just go to my website and sign up. You can find them on the homepage or go to thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash BTB or thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash revived. Thank you so much. Each and every one of you who are listening to this have been a part of my recovery. And I tell you, every time I do a podcast, every time I do a coaching, every time I get a message, an email, a DM from someone on Facebook, from another survivor, I feel so connected and so excited and motivated. And I feel like all that connection is just a part of my healing experience. And I feel a tremendous amount of gratitude for each of you who is out there and who listens and supports this show. Thank you. You've put your courage to the test, laid all your doubts to rest. Your mind is clearer than before, your heart is full and wanting more, your future's at the door. Give it all you got, no hesitating, you've been waiting. This is your moment